0: Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in our virtual podcast studio, Reed Austin, who is the Director of the Wessels Library of Newberry College in Newberry, South Carolina. So welcome to the podcast. Curtis, I appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Great to have you here. And um, this is kind of a little mini-series within Library Voices SC. Um, we're talking to library staff around the state about how their libraries have responded during COVID-19, and uh, Reed, you're at a uh, academic library, so could you tell us a little bit about uh, the college and Wessel's library? Uh, sure.
1: Um, about the college itself, Newberry College is a small liberal arts college. We're affiliated with the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, so we're rooted in that idea of Lutheran service and vocation. Um, student body had been growing, uh, fall enrollment was a little over 1200. Um, as with most colleges around the country, we are sort of waiting to see how numbers are going to bear out after the pandemic, uh, sort of cautiously optimistic. I don't think any school really around the nation is going to know what those numbers are going to look like until fairly late in the summer, but we're hoping we won't take too much of a, uh, enrollment hit and right now we offer both traditional in-person degrees and uh, several degrees online including respiratory therapy Um, as for wessel's library itself we're really at the heart of campus and in a lot of ways are the heart of campus Um, it's it's a very multi-purpose use building Um, we are the most used computer lab on campus by students Uh, we are the biggest study hub i think for students Um, We also house the art gallery um, and share space with the Center for Student Success, which includes disability services and career services and academic success coaches and mentors who help students with uh, study skills, time management, that sort of things as they transition into college life. Um, We manage the online tutoring program. Well, currently online, it's typically a peer tutoring program. So we manage that as well. And as with most small, college libraries now, the majority of our resources are online. Uh, We still maintain a collection of about 40,000 print volumes. I'm a uh, self-admitted fan of print reference as a way to start research, so I've hung on to a lot of that, but we supplement those 40,000 volumes with access to 150 databases for articles and around 350,000 electronic books, and of course, we're also able to borrow materials from libraries around the state and even outside of the state, when uh, we can't find something we actually need within one of our state libraries.
0: Well, it sounds like you do a tremendous amount, probably with not a lot of staff. How many staff do you have? Our staff is a small, small, but dedicated
1: staff, I call us. There's three of us. It's myself. I'm the library director and, and really right now, the only librarian on campus. Um, we have Carl Lominick who is our circulation manager and Janice Hudson, who is our technical service specialist. And of course, typically during the academic year, we'll employ about 20 student workers. So they help us with the day-to-day operations of getting materials back on the shelves, uh, circulation. Uh, we even have now, we started last year for some of the evening hours, we've promoted some of our student workers that have been with us the longest student managers. And they will sort of run the library at reduced services from 10 to midnight. And then from midnight to two in the morning, we just allow students to swipe in if they need to be able to access the computers or um, just a study space. Of course, we block off the stacks at that point, but they can still at least get in and use computers and and study and use the printers. So it's worked out well. We haven't had any major problems. we have been very pleased with both our student managers and how how students have been really responsible when they're in the
0: building after hours. So now, with COVID-19, basically, a lot of, you know, college campuses, not only statewide, but nationwide, really kind of shut down physical, uh, you know, a physical presence. And uh, a lot of libraries had to kind of figure out what to do. And so this past March, um, what, how did you respond to COVID-19, not only the library, but the, the Newberry College? It, it was a
1: very rapid response, uh, I think, as is the case with uh, public libraries all around the, the country and the uh, school media centers all around the country and schools and the colleges. Uh, our students had already returned from spring break, so we didn't have the luxury of having that uh, period to plan that, that some colleges had, so we had to send our students home, uh, gave the college, the faculty, and the staff about a week to transition online, Um, I have to say here, I've been really pleased, really uh, impressed with how my my colleagues, you know, faculty, staff, the administration, even the students handled the transition. We have faculty members who had never taught an online course. We had many, many students who had never taken an online course. I was talking to my mom recently about my nephew who loves online courses. And I said, you know, it's, it's a very different thing to be a student who is selected to be in an online course as opposed to being a student who's suddenly thrust into an online course. Exactly. Uh, So whereas Ben has lots of practice and knowledge and experience with online courses many of our students didn't and some of our students even have issues with just the basic technology to be able to access the online course or even things we take for granted like a stable internet connection. Uh, So that's presented a little bit of a challenge um, but it's gone fairly smoothly. As far as the library because so much of what we offer in terms of materials is online that was a rather seamless transition i've had some access issues of course that i've had to deal with um the biggest challenge and it went fairly smoothly as well was taking that peer tutoring program and moving that online Uh, we were able to do that uh, using zoom as so many people are now zoom's become i think as much part of the vocabulary as google has so uh thanks to zoom we've been able to do that and again we had some some tutors who had never used Zoom and had to to download it and learn uh, to do that. It did change tutoring somewhat and that typically in the evening we would have tutors stationed in the library and people could just sort of drop in. But as we moved to Zoom, it was easier to to do that by appointment only. Uh, Worked out very well. I was pleased that uh, both the tutors seemed to enjoy that format and uh, the students seemed to embrace it rather quickly. Uh, Challenge, I think, for our faculty on that end would be that that suspension of interlibrary loan, at least in terms of print resources, because as libraries all around the country uh, shut down, uh, you know, you didn't have anybody to process the loans going out. You don't have anybody in the building to uh, receive the interlibrary loan materials, even if they were to come in. Um, of course, those of us, you know, that are part of the state consortium also had materials from other colleges that needed to go back. And we've all just worked together to say, hey, just hold those until, till this settles down some and we'll get those back on the shelf and of course communicating uh that to faculty and staff because uh, as you know library software will send out those automated emails saying hey you have this overdue uh so we got a few emails early on where people were panicked that they had overdue materials so we sent out uh emails saying you know if you have something that belongs to us or another college just hold on to it don't worry about it you know we'll, we'll sort this all out when Everybody's back on campus. We'll get the materials back where they belong, and uh, yeah, of course, there will be no late fees for that. So that that's been a little bit of a challenge. And I know some of our faculty members who uh, do research, um, some of the more current research. I was talking to a colleague earlier day who was doing something on transgender studies, and of course, um, our print collection being relatively small, even though I can get her access to the building, we don't necessarily have all the print materials she needs, and there's not a way currently for me to easily get those tours. So we're hoping to pick that back up as, as soon as we're back on campus. And of course, myself and my staff have all been telecommuting since really March 18th. One thing that's been a transition for us is because we are a small staff and, and typically work together every day, we never had before this, what I would call uh, traditional staff meetings. It was just, you know, we would see each other throughout the day, talk about what was going on, Uh, email each other on the weekend if we had questions, text, things of that nature. Um, But as we move to this, as a way of keeping up, we have moved to having weekly Zoom meetings. So that's something that I think I'll continue once we uh, get back to campus, you know, in person, just sort of a end of the week, where are we, what do we need to do next week, what can we catch up on uh, what worked well this week, uh, what didn't. So that's been able to help me facilitate to keeping things going. Luckily, a lot of the administrative things I do can be done from home. Uh, you know, bills still have to be paid. Uh, you still have to communicate with the vendors. Um, those of us that are in the partnership among South Carolina Academic Libraries or PASCAL, which is the you know, statewide collective of academic libraries, we have been able to continue work on the migration to the new system that we're all moving to uh, for library services. Uh, so thankfully, via again, via Zoom, Uh, and webinars, we've been able to keep all that work going. So it's, uh, for me, it's been a uh, fairly seamless transition. I do, like I said earlier, have great, great admiration for my colleagues at work uh, in in the public libraries and also in the school media centers, because I feel like so much of what they do is service oriented. And then that presents much more of a challenge for them than an academic setting where it's largely access to the resources and helping students use those resources. So I'm thankful in a lot of ways that uh, we were poised to, to make a, a pretty seamless transition online.
0: And that's one of the things when you mentioned, uh, you know, webinars, it, it, one of the things that we've seen a lot at the state library is more and more libraries, you know, public academic schools, they have really had to, beef up what it is they're being able to provide their own staff as far as webinars. And so, in fact, just today, the South Carolina State Library announced that we have, we're now providing through PCI webinars, it's called Niche Academy, and we're providing that access to all academic, public, and school media specialists statewide. Because, you know, even though school media specialists, you know, be out of school for the summer and academic. Uh, libraries usually, you know, slow down a lot in the summer. This will provide a lot more opportunities for online learning for staff who may still be working from home because we're not quite sure how all the reopenings are going to take place. Exactly. I've I've been able to take advantage of
1: a a lot of sort of those sort of things for professional development Um, because particularly if you can't make the online meeting, uh, they're often recorded and you can sort of watch those um, at your own pace. And that, that's been a real boon to me for, for keeping up with what's going on in the library world. Um, I made the attempt at first of, of telling myself, okay, I'm going to try to keep up with the news releases and then slowly uh, you know, send those out to faculty and staff. But the, the news is just so varied that I, I realize that would sort of be a, a fruitless uh, proposition. But as uh, resources uh, through the state and other opportunities you know, come down the line, I've tried to give those out to, to faculty and staff, particularly uh, free resources that um, – will help our students and also it's, it's a good time for us to be thinking about a renewed interest in open education resources uh, and I think a lot of our faculty will, will begin to look at those sort of things and, and new and different ways with this because it's so much easier to transition those online than our you know traditional uh, print resources as well.
0: And one of the things that I think I've been able to find more time to do and I'm sure a lot of um, other folks who work in libraries and are responsible for LibGuides have been, you know, going through their lib guides and updating links and making sure everything is accurate because uh, so much more is online now. Exactly.
1: Uh, that, that's always been a, um, you know, if you go to the website, the library's website on the college page, it's, it's really a description of Wessel's Library and what we do. But uh, the the vast majority of what you'll find is that lead, that leads you on to our lib guide, which really is our our you know main main website where you do all the searching and. Uh, you have the contact forms or you know students can look at what we have on reserve or it links to them them to wolfden so they can see who's tutoring what day and what they're tutoring um, so i've been doing a lot of going back and, and, and rethinking okay um, what can we do to, to make this more streamlined for the students and also looking at some of the things within uh, that software that, that spring share offers um, that i hadn't worked with very much before but As we think about moving back online, the ability to have online demonstrations, online uh, instruction, tutorials, I think we're going to have to embrace more of that. Um, It's something I've been meaning to do anyway to help supplement our online instruction. Um, And this has just been a, um, a scary but unique opportunity to sort of revisit what can we do to beef up our online presence.
0: And one of the things that I've been impressed with, because we're talking about vendors like SpringShare, who's responsible for LibGuides and LibCal and all those modules that a lot of libraries around the country use, is that a lot of vendors have been really helpful. Um, You know, they've kind of uh, provided some leeway for two or three or four months. And um, so that's been really good.
1: Yeah, that's been a real boon for a, a small library like us. So many of the vendors have come forward and said, you know, we're not going to increase our prices, uh, you know, for the current academic year. And that is a, uh, just a, a really, really huge thing. Uh, I think for those outside the library world, they don't realize just exactly how expensive it is to run a library and how much uh, access to these databases and ebooks actually cost. Uh, so anytime, so we, anytime we can get a cost savings, um, it, it's just a, a real boon to me because then I can stretch my budget further and, and try to add some resources.
0: Definitely. So moving on to kind of uh, programs that the, uh, Wessel's Library offers. A lot of academic libraries, of course, offer like University 101 programs or, or some kinds of, of training for uh, faculty, staff, and students. So what kind of programming uh, do you usually do? And then has there been any programming that you've been able to continue?
1: Yeah, we, um, we don't, well, we do actively partner with the freshman year experience and that part of that freshman year, of course, is a library orientation. Uh, this year was the first year that we moved that online, and it worked out very well. We were able to do a walk-around tour of the library well as well, again, using LibGuides um, and, and mobile connectivity. So we've been an active partner in that. I actually taught a section of the freshman experience this past fall, that, which I enjoyed. Um, of course, the tutoring program, I think, is our signature really service but besides actually offering access to to resources and how to use those resources. Uh, That's been able to continue. Um, The tour, of course, of the library is still online and available. The tutorial is still online and available. All of that's gonna have to to change this summer anyway because as we move to the new system, I'll have to go back and and update that anyway to to reflect the new way you'll you'll be able to search. Um, So those are probably our two biggest services. I also teach a May term every year. It's one of the things I like to do, and it's uh, unfortunate to have that opportunity. Um, I was very thankful to, to be able to do that again this year, and because I teach a class that uh, deals with storytelling and Joseph Campbell and mythology and how uh, you know, we, we share stories, and then I uh, compare that to role-playing, and in, in this case, we use Dungeons & Dragons, mm. um, I was able to move that to Roll20, which is a virtual, table uh, game table or tabletop so that I can see all my students on screen you know, with their video cameras and they can see me and we can hear and, and much like the traditional map you would have if you're playing a game we can you know move around the map and uh, so it, it's worked well uh, it's, it may be something I, I use again as I teach the class maybe next May but uh, th- those are the main services we offer a lot of what you will see day to day in Wessel's library as students coming in to do their homework, to study, to use the computers, to use the printers, to go to the Center for Student Success. Um, obviously, if we're having you know, an art gallery event, they'll come in for that. We're also heavily used for orientation and also open houses. Those things have had to sort of transition online. We did have a online orientation, which I think went well. So that is something the college may continue to do down the line. but. The, the primary focus, as with most academic libraries, is uh, access to those quality resources and then providing instruction on how to use those resources and then uh, really just serving as a, another connection, another group of people that, that students can connect with on campus and feel like part of the college.
0: Um. One of the things that a lot of campus libraries have are partnerships with other departments and maybe even some you know, organizations outside of campus. Has there been any kind of um, those partnerships that you've been able to maintain or a- any any way you've been able to partner with other departments?
1: We've definitely been able to maintain uh, that partnership with, with the Academic Consortium of, of Libraries. Um, we were already having uh, as the consortium, weekly Zoom meetings as, as we move to the shared system. So that's been pretty seamless. Um, I've been working on, with a small public library, to get donation, book donations. That's sort of been put on hold. I've been uh, still trying to get word out that we're doing that. So I've been able to keep that partnership going. Uh, I, of course, you know, as the library director... Have the most interaction with the departments outside the library. I'm on the director's council, which is the council of, of the director of the Muller Center, which is the Lutheran vocation Center on campus. The director of student uh, center for student success, and several other directors. We try to meet weekly to talk about what's going on in our departments because we all uh, fall under the auspice of Academic Affairs. We've been able to keep uh, that partnership going, and of course, uh, working with the vendors just to. deal with any access issues so most of the partnerships we had in place thankfully uh, even telecommuting I've been able to uh, keep up to date with Uh, it's not always the same as having those those face-to-face meetings but I feel like um, for the most part you know my work as an academic library director has um, although been not as necessarily personally fulfilling every day because you don't interact with your colleagues um, the work is able to been able to continue, and then that's been a real boost.
0: That's a good thing. And one of the nice things about a a small academic library like yours is that kind of sense of community that you have on campus. And so something like this really does disrupt that. But like you say, you know, being able to meet weekly with your, your colleagues online, that really helps. That's what we've been doing. Each of our departments at the state library has been meeting weekly online. And it's actually really nice. And it's something that I will probably want to try to continue somehow when Get back to work.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I tell people I'm I'm actually a very introverted person. Uh, so for me, that social interaction of uh, mingling with colleagues and and students was just enough to to satisfy you know an introvert. So that at the end of the day, I'm ready to come home and it's just me and my dog, and we you know kind of relax and, and let the day go. So i I've, I've actually uh, really missed that. I was telling my sister and brother the other day that since this all started, if you don't count people that I've seen, you know, when I've had to go out on occasional errands, the only people I've interacted with face-to-face are uh, my mom and my stepdad and my brother. So it's, it's, it's been crazy to think in a, in a, in a two month period, that's the only face-to-face interaction in traditional sense I've had with, uh, you know, people that are close to me in my life.
0: So, yeah. I, and I, for, for extroverts like me, it's been particularly difficult.
1: <laughs> I, I can imagine. I, I I can imagine that the extroverts are, are much more ready to get back to normal
0: than the introverts for sure. Oh yeah. It's like, I've only been going to the grocery store, or the drug store pretty much, but I find myself wanting to have a really long conversation with the checkout person. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, well, um, as, as we think about reopening, and I know a lot of libraries are doing some kind of phased reopening process, what do you see or what have you heard is going to be your campus's process, and what about your library?
1: As far as the campus, uh, the, the most recent thing I've heard is, is we do have plans to resume in-person classes uh, in august i mean that's of course all subject to change because as, as we know the the information we get on COVID 19 seems to change daily so it may be later in august i've heard it may be after labor day um different things are being tossed around but the the plan is to get back at some point in the fall to online instruction obviously there are lots of things the campus will have to do in preparation for that just in terms of cafeteria services and room and board and you know do, do you have uh, adequate room in the rooms to sort of spread students out. And of course, we're all waiting to see what enrollment is going to look like from a library standpoint. I'm very much looking at uh, the CDC guidelines. Uh, I know that I'm going to have to reduce capacity in the building. I mean, that that's just a given whether that means just removing some seating or, um, you know, looking at what the fire marshal says we can, we can have and then cutting that in half. But I know that that's the very first thing we're going to have to do, which is, it's really going to be up. A hit, I think, for the library because, again, we're so heavily used just for as a computer lab and for studying and for the Center for Student Success and and sometimes just a place for students to hang out. Uh, So that's something that I'm planning with much trepidation because I hate to have have to do it, but it's going to be necessary. Um, I'm going to have to rearrange some some of the office spaces um, just because some of them are really too small for somebody to be able to interact with the student if needed that's that's something we're gonna to have to do we're gonna to have to uh when you look at those extended hours uh Wessels is available to students about 16 hours a day in most days so we're definitely going to have to have facilities come in and clean more often than, than we typically would um any normal semester uh you know typically a, a good cleaning once a day is sufficient you know come in and take the trash out vacuum clean everything down but I think given present circumstances at least Two times a day is gonna be necessary. I'm thinking about bringing in fans just to, to increase the airflow in the building because we know airflow is very important to this. And obviously encouraging people to use masks and, and gloves. Uh, I've toyed around with the idea of having gloves available that students can use when they use the computers and then throw them away on the way out the door so that we can you know, minimize the impact of multiple students in a given day using the same keyboard. Uh, and the same goes with the printer. Um, and of course, a lot of that's up in the air too, because you, you ask yourself, are we even gonna be able to get those things we need? Because you know, you can walk into a grocery store now and you still can't find Clorox wipes and, and this, that and the other. So you can imagine uh, the struggle it's gonna be to get all of those things bulk. But I think we'll definitely be able to reopen. It's just gonna be um, a vastly different environment as we try to keep people at a social distance and limit the number of people that can be at the circulation desk at one time and have that six foot waiting line behind that. And, you know, as we move some computers out for spacing, then we need to find additional places we can house them in the building. Um, And then also examine, do we even have the existing data ports to be able to do that? And then of course the stacks themselves being so tight, my my initial thought is to have the stacks closed, and if somebody needs materials from the stacks, you just have a staff member go and and get that for them, and uh, so that we don't have uh, multiple people, you know, on, on a book aisle trying to find a book because there's really no way to social distance as tight as those things could be. So, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I, I think people want to get back on campus. It, it's uh, it, it's not going to be ideal for anybody. Um, you know, as, as we still consider uh, wearing masks and gloves and, you know, uh, really reducing the, the amount of social interaction we can have with people. Uh, and we have to revisit, uh, you know, for example, my office, I can sit at my desk and somebody can stand at, the, at my door and that's a good six foot distance. You know, so I'm fine in my office, but then, you know, some offices are much smaller. So you really have to consider, OK, how can we both um, make this safe for the staff and also save for our students, but at the same time, uh, get back to at least some sense of normalcy. Uh, because I don't think, uh, you know, particularly small
0: colleges, really colleges in general, being online completely, it's not a
1: long term solution.
0: Yeah, it really isn't. And I mean, we have to, you know, figure out what the new normal is going to be, because it's going to be something different from how we used to operate. And, and that's, you know, and we're all we're all essentially in it together because we don't really know what that's going to look like. So we're learning from one another, which is helpful. It is. It's,
1: it's, it's remarkable to see what not only colleges and libraries have done, but what businesses have done to, to keep things going uh, during this situation. Uh, you know, I'm thankful for all the people that, that work in the grocery stores and the drug stores and the rest of drive throughs that, that have uh, kept us all sort of going things that, you know, again, we, we typically in our day-to-day uh take for granted and, and as you said i mean it's so varied what everybody's going to be doing in the fall uh you know some schools seem to think we're going to be back to business as usual some have already announced that they're not even going to be back in person uh in fall i think a lot of it depends on how heavily your geographic area has been hit by COVID 19 uh how proactive uh, the citizens in your geographic area have been in social distancing and wearing masks. I think uh, a lot of it's going to come out in the next several weeks as we see what, what, if any, were the implications for Memorial Day as uh, people relaxed and went out. And you know, you don't blame them. We've been cooped up. Everybody wanted to go on vacation. I certainly, certainly don't blame people for that. I would like to have gone to the beach myself. Uh, so I think we'll wait and see what that does. And we also have to have, have a plan for fall because as the fall weather you know not fall semester but fall weather the fall season comes in will there be a resurgence and will we find ourselves having to near the end of the semester transition back to an online uh environment until spring the good news with all that is is, as i really think this has prompted uh colleges and libraries and businesses alike to to be planning ahead and and have a plan in place uh should this happen again I, i think that now that we've seen something like COVID-19, I certainly don't think it'll be the last pandemic we ever face. But what I think it's taught us other than, than being just a scary time for everybody is that most of us um, were woefully unprepared to, uh, to you know, transition completely online. And you can even see it day to day. Um, it's, it's very obvious that the internet infrastructure is overworked some days. Uh, that the cell phone infrastructure is overworked some days as we all move to Zoom and online, so I, I think there's probably going to be some changes in, in that infrastructure as well that comes out of this. So I think there will be positives as as there always are um, from these tragedies. But uh, you know, right now and and it is interesting that what we all talk about about the new normal, and I think that's sort of um, I don't know that COVID nineteen will be a permanent aspect of our life, but this idea that these things may come along. I think certainly will be
0: the Yes, and um, you know, of course, we have to think about where we're going to be getting our supplies and how those are going to be provided, and so there's a lot of uh, checkoff lists that we have to be thinking about, and as as we start to reopen everything. So I want to just um, reiterate that uh, folks can learn more about the Wessels Library at newberry.edu slash Wessels hyphen library, or you can just Google that as W-E-S-S-E-L-S Library in Newberry, South Carolina. So uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Curtis, anytime. And thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We also love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. So until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening.